Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article titled Mormonism and Christianity slash Grace and Works slash Impossible Gospel. It is found on the FairLatterdaySaints.org website, and FAIR stands for Faithful Answers Informed Response. Basically what the author is doing, and I might mention this author does not put his name on this article, but we're going to assume it's a he, and so I'm going to be responding that way. The author tries to make it sound that we Christians are making up or misinterpreting what LDS Scripture says and or what comments from LDS leaders have said when it comes to how salvation or celestial exaltation is to be achieved. The author says that they argue that various passages in LDS scriptures and comments from LDS leaders indicates that salvation is only attainable if we keep all of the commandments and forsake all sin. Yes, that is an argument that we make, but we make it because that's what LDS leaders have said. And what's unfortunate is even though this author is going to give a couple of citations from a Mormon apostle by the name of Neil Maxwell, we're not even going to take the time to look at these citations because what Maxwell is saying really doesn't support the premise that this author is trying to make. So yesterday we cited some statements from LDS leaders showing that it is absolutely essential that if a Latter-day Saint wants to receive celestial exaltation, they must keep all of the commandments, and so we're going to continue showing that to be the case. This is not something, folks, that we have made up. Our arguments are strong because we are using the statements from Mormon leaders to back up our interpretation, something, unfortunately, that the author of this piece does not do. But let's continue looking at that idea. What did Ezra Taft Benson have to say about keeping commandments? Our agreement to keep all the commandments is our covenant with God. Only as we do this may we deserve his blessings and merit his mercy. And that comes from the teachings of Ezra Taft Benson, page 442. Ezra Taft Benson was the 13th president of the church. We don't know who the author of this piece is, but I'll guarantee you the author of this piece doesn't have the kind of authority that Ezra Taft Benson had. Ezra Taft Benson said, our agreement to keep all the commandments is our covenant with God. See, folks, we're not making this up. This is what LDS leaders have said. Our agreement to keep all the commandments is our covenant with God. That's what Latter-day Saints covenant to do, to keep all the commandments. Then we have this statement from 17th President Russell M. Nelson. This was in a conference message that he gave titled Face the Future with Faith. If you want to find it, it's in the May 2011 edition of Ensign Magazine on page 34. What did Nelson teach? Teach a faith to keep all the commandments of God, knowing that they are given to bless his children and bring them joy. 
Warn them that they will encounter people who pick which commandments they will keep and ignore others that they choose to break. I call this the cafeteria approach to obedience. The practice of picking and choosing will not work. It will lead to misery. To prepare to meet God, one keeps all of his commandments. It takes faith to obey them, and keeping his commandments will strengthen that faith. To prepare to meet God, one keeps all of his commandments. Again, that was not us. That was the 17th president of the church, Russell M. Nelson. If you want to prepare to meet God— which is interesting. That's a phrase right out of Alma 34. To prepare to meet God, one keeps all of his commandments. Then we have a statement by William H. Bennett, who at the time he gave this talk in general conference, he was assistant to the Council of the Twelve. You can find this talk in the May 1975 edition of Ensign Magazine, page 57. Do we want to gain eternal life, my brothers and sisters, to be exalted in the highest degree in the celestial kingdom? If so, are we willing to pay the price? And what is the price? Elder McConkie covered that beautifully in his wonderful presentation here today. We must keep all the laws, all the commandments. I want to emphasize that because I feel it is important, my brothers and sisters, that each of us have a personal interview with ourselves periodically and check up on ourselves and get back on course. We must keep all the laws, all the commandments. We didn't say that. This comment comes from William H. Bennett, who, by the way, is complimenting Bruce McConkie, a Mormon apostle, who himself had a lot of things to say about the necessity of keeping all the commandments. But then we have Henry B. Eyring. Henry B. Eyring, at the time he said this, was a member of the First Presidency. This was a talk that he gave, A Priceless Heritage of Hope. It can be found in Ensign, the conference edition, May 2014, page 24. The greatest of all the blessings of God, eternal life, will come to us only as we make covenants offered in the true Church of Jesus Christ by his authorized servants. Because of the fall, we all need the cleansing effects of baptism and the laying on of hands to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These ordinances must be performed by those who possess the proper priesthood authority. Then, with the help of the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost, we can keep all the covenants we make with God, especially those offered in temples. Only in that way, and with that help, can anyone claim his or her rightful inheritance as a child of God in a family forever. To some listening to me, that may seem a nearly hopeless dream. Well, it would be a hopeless dream if you couldn't live up to that standard. What is the standard that Irene gives? We can keep all the covenants we make with God, especially those offered in his temples. What are those covenants? Basically, they boil down to merely keeping all of the commandments. Irene seems to think that's possible, but yet those who are listening to him that may not think so, why would they think that that's a hopeless dream? Because they realize keeping all those covenants or keeping all of the commandments is something that they're probably not going to do because of their fallenness. We would agree. But notice, it's Irene who is saying that we can keep all of the covenants. Why would he say that unless that was a requirement in order to receive celestial exaltation? Obviously, he knows what the requirement is. Then we have a student manual, the Gospel and the Productive Life Student Manual, Religion 150. This came out in 2004, page 98. Receiving ordinances and keeping covenants are essential to Heavenly Father's plan. The scriptures often refer to his people as a covenant people. 
The Lord's blessings exceed our mortal expectations. To live in the presence of our Heavenly Father, we must receive all of the necessary ordinances and keep all of the required covenants. Keep some of the required covenants, Eric? No, it's all. And in fact, when you talk to Latter-day Saints and ask them how many of the commandments they must keep, they realize they're supposed to keep all of them. They're understanding what these leaders were teaching. The next section This author says, Latter-day Saint leaders make it clear that we cannot achieve perfection in this life. No, they don't. At least we've been honest enough to say that we find citations by LDS leaders to be all over the place when it comes to the subject of perfection. Some say, yes, you are to be perfect. Some say, no, you can't do it in this life. Some divide it into a finite or a mortal perfection as opposed to an infinite or eternal perfection. But when this author says that Latter-day Saint leaders make it clear that we cannot achieve perfection in this life, that's not true. Now, again, as I said earlier, he cites two statements from Neil Maxwell that personally I think are totally irrelevant and really don't make his case. But we are going to make our case that that is what LDS leaders have taught. And we're going to start with 11th President Harold B. Lee in the book, Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Harold B. Lee. This came out in the year 2000. It's on page 33 in that manual. This is a correlated manual that members were to study while they did an entire series on teachings of presidents of the church. The fact that it's in a church manual means that this is gospel truth to the LDS member. He said, any member of the church who is learning to live perfectly, each of the laws that are in the kingdom is learning the way to become perfect. There is no member of this church who cannot live the law, every law of the gospel perfectly. That last sentence is a killer, Eric. There is no member of this church who cannot live the law, every law of the gospel perfectly. We did a series a while back where we critiqued an article that was titled Practicing Perfection. And this individual, who was an attorney, admitted that she did not do everything perfectly. She was practicing. But here we find Harold B. Lee, at least in his understanding, that church members can live the law, every law of the gospel, perfectly. But then we have Spencer Kimball, and I don't want to always be turning to Spencer Kimball, but Kimball is the one who seemed to have talked about this more than any other leader, wrote an entire book on this subject about what's necessary in order to gain much-needed forgiveness. What does he say on page 208 and 209 of his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness? Now, this is found in a section called Repentant Life Seeks Perfection, and he says that the repentant life, the life that constantly reaches for perfection, must rely on works as well as on faith. The gospel is a program of action of doing things eternal life hangs in the balance away in the works of men. This progress toward eternal life is a matter of achieving perfection. Living all the commandments guarantees total forgiveness of sins and assures one of exaltation through that perfection, which comes by complying with the formula the Lord gave us. And then he cites Matthew 5, 48, be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven is perfect. He writes, being perfect means to triumph over sin. This is a mandate from the Lord. He is just and wise and kind. He would never require anything from his children which was not for their benefit and which was not attainable. Perfection, therefore, is an achievable goal. That seems like it contradicts what this article is saying. 
Absolutely. Perfection, therefore, is an achievable goal. Yet the author of this piece says Latter-day Saint leaders make it clear that we cannot achieve perfection in this life. Yet what we have cited just with Harold B. Lee and Spencer W. Kimball shows that that subheading is absolutely false. Now, how many people reading that article would know that? Because he doesn't cite what LDS leaders have said about the need to practice perfection or to be perfect in this life. The point we're trying to make, folks, is that when we cite these statements, we are trying to show what LDS leaders have actually taught. Are there leaders now saying that, well, maybe you can't be absolutely perfect in this life? But they need to answer the question, why did earlier leaders say that you could do it? I think that's a contradiction that every LDS member needs to be asking their bishop, and they should wonder, why are they giving us contradictory messages here? Clearly, they do. This author goes on to cite Stephen H. Webb. Now, Stephen H. Webb is a practicing Catholic. I don't really know why citing Stephen Webb makes this person's case. I don't really care what Stephen Webb has to say. I want you to defend the accusation that you made in this article saying that we are misinterpreting or misquoting LDS scripture and LDS leaders. But tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this article do evangelicals use quotes from Mormon sources to try and paint a picture of an impossible gospel? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.